Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. It's Advent season, the coming of Christmas. The expectation rises as we ready ourselves to celebrate the birth of Jesus. As we look forward, let's also look back to Jesus' early days and the expectations some had back then. Here's First Pres Executive Director Chris Pan with the sermon, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Good morning. I'm Chris Pan. I'm on staff as the executive director. As you can tell from all of our songs this morning, today is the first Sunday of Advent. Uh, our sermon title today is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. Advent celebrates the season of Christmas, which is now exactly 25 days away. We as a church light Advent candles each week leading up to Christmas, reminding us that Christ is a light entering into the darkness. Uh, Every year, my kids get an Advent calendar from their grandmother. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with Advent, an Advent calendar uh, has 24 little doors on it, and behind every door is a piece of chocolate. Uh, Needless to say, this uh, builds a tremendous sense of anticipation for Christmas in my family, uh, along with a tremendous amount of chocolate consumption. Uh, And this is what Advent is about. Not the chocolate consumption, uh, but the anticipation, the expectation for the coming of the Lord. Uh, Advent has been celebrated by Christians since the 4th century. And so we join with millions of Christians around the world and throughout history as we celebrate Advent. So today, let's take a deep breath and let's focus on the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, let's focus on the expectant preparation for the coming of Lord Jesus Christ in three different ways. Uh, Let's expect and celebrate Jesus' birth at Christmas. Let's expect his triumphant return at the second coming. And let's expect Jesus to show up in our everyday lives. Our scripture passage today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And Luke writes about the birth of Jesus in a manger. And then the angels appear to shepherds in the field while they're tending their flock, as the choir sang. And then Luke tells us that Mary and Joseph, before they return home to Nazareth, They bring baby Jesus to Jerusalem to be presented at the temple. And there, two elderly people, Simeon and Anna, capture the essence of the Advent season. Will you please stand as I read our gospel passage for today, Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 33. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was devout and righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation." which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. 
then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated and join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, we invite you to speak to us now. We eagerly anticipate your coming in our celebration of your birth in 25 days, in our waiting for your return in glory one day, and in our everyday lives, we expectantly welcome you. We pray this in your name, and all God's children say, amen. As we go through our sermon today, ask yourself these two questions. What is God saying to me, and what does he want me to do about it? What is God saying to me, what does he want me to do about it? In our passage today, we have these two wonderful elderly saints, Simeon and Anna, waiting for the coming of the Lord's Messiah. Anna is a prophet, at least 84 years old. And verse 34 says, she never left the temple, but was there all day fasting and praying. And she was expectantly waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Simeon was not a peace or a prophet, just a man living in Jerusalem, but he was righteous and devout. And he was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. Anna anticipating the redemption of Jerusalem, Simeon anticipating and waiting for the consolation of Israel. Why were they looking forward to these things with hope? Because Simeon and Anna lived in hard times, in a fallen and broken world. Uh, If you think we live in turbulent political times, uh, these two elderly people lived their entire lives in truly bleak times. Uh, When they were young, Jerusalem, their home, was conquered by the Romans. They saw a succession of Roman rulers loot the temple and slaughter innocent people. They lived under Roman military occupation, and the current occupying king, Herod, was so brutal and paranoid that he killed his own wife and his own sons. Uh, On top of that, it's been more than 400 years since God has spoken through the last prophet, Malachi. 400 years of seeming silence from God. It's a bleak time, but these two faithful saints, Simeon and Anna, hold out hope for the arrival of a savior. For many of us, the holiday season is cheerful and festive, uh, but I know that the holidays are also a very hard and painful time for many. Uh, Stressful family obligations, end of the year work and school deadlines. Uh, It's a particularly hard time for those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. But hear the gospel, the good news. Hold on to hope like Simeon and Anna. Jesus, the Savior, is coming. He's coming and his kingdom is coming. Simeon was waiting for the coming of the Lord and the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon that he would not die until he saw the arrival of the Messiah. So Simeon waited and waited. Simeon and Anna both waiting expectantly for the future that God had promised. They had hope in the future that God had promised. And after all those years of waiting, one day, two dusty teenagers come walking into the temple. Two teenagers with a tiny newborn baby, 40 days old. And Simeon takes the baby in his hands and he says to God, God, now I can die. You have fulfilled your promise. My eyes have seen your salvation. A light in the darkness, a light of revelation for non-Jewish people, and for the glory of your people, Israel. Anna tells everyone, this child is the redemption of the city of Jerusalem. 
Anna and Simeon recognized that baby Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior not just for Israel but for all people. All those years of waiting for both of them have come to fruition in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we celebrate Advent like Simeon and Anna, waiting expectantly for the baby Jesus to be born into our world, waiting expectantly for the whole realm of history to change. That is the gospel and the significance of Christmas. That's what we're waiting for, the pivot at which all of history changes, the corner of history. It's like walking down the hallway, and then you turn the corner 90 degrees when the trajectory of sin and fallenness of humankind turns towards redemption in the birth and life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. From the fall, the way things are, to redemption, the way things could be because of Jesus. Simeon and Anna waited for God and prayed to God, come Lord Jesus. And we say the same during the Advent, O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. Come salvation and light and revelation and glory and redemption. Be born into our world. Jesus' birth changed the world for everyone, not just those who follow him. When Simeon and Anna saw Jesus in the temple, it was the year 3758. On the Jewish calendar, the year 3758. For the Romans, it was the year 753. For the Chinese, it was the year 2698. What year is it now? It's 2019. In Israel and in Italy and in China, if you're a follower of Christ, if you're a Buddhist or a Wiccan or an atheist, it's 2019 for the whole world. The whole world now counts its time from Jesus' birth into our world. The birth and life of Jesus Christ has changed the world for everyone. The prophet Isaiah wrote, as we read this morning at the call to worship, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the gospel and this is the Christmas story that we in our world are fallen and far from God, and God does the unimaginable. He enters our world, a light into the darkness, and saves us. He redeems us. He turns us from darkness to light, from death to life, from the fall to redemption. The birth of Jesus is the fulcrum on which all of history turns. This is the Christmas story, but it is not the complete Christian story or the Bible story. For many of us, we might think that this is it. This, is my, this might be what you learned in Sunday school or when you came to follow Jesus, that Jesus redeems us from our sin. But the Christian story and the Bible story is actually much bigger than this. Fall and redemption are just the two middle chapters in this big Christian story. And if we wrongly think that this is the whole story, then our goal might just be to be saved from our sins and then to wait for Jesus to beam us up to heaven. We're missing the first and the last chapter in this picture. And if we miss the beginning and the end of the story, we miss the big picture and our role in it. It's like missing the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes to a movie. You might enjoy it, it might make some sense, but you really don't understand the full story. 
My dad's favorite movie is Love Story. It's the 1970 movie starring Ryan O'Neill and Ally McGraw. Love Story is one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Uh, it's the ninth most romantic movie of all time, according to the American Film Institute. Some of you know and love this movie. Some of you have never heard of it. Uh, I had never heard of this movie until I visited my parents one Christmas when I was in my 20s, and my dad had recorded Love Story off the TV, and he was really excited for me to watch it. So we sit down and watch, and very quickly, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, there's this young couple, and they're in love, but I don't know who these people are. And as it turns out, when my dad recorded it off the TV on the VCR, he had rec started recording 20 minutes into the movie. <laughs> so I get dropped in this movie 20 minutes in, missing the first 20 minutes, and I tell my dad, I can't watch this. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who these people are. And my dad says, just watch it. It's my favorite movie. Uh, so we watch it for an hour, uh, at which point my mom calls us because dinner's ready. And so we stop the movie with 20 minutes to go. So I've seen the middle hour of the movie Love Story. Uh, I've missed the first 20 minutes. I've missed the last 20 minutes. Uh, I don't really understand the full scope of that story. Uh, and so it is with us as followers of Jesus if we miss the first and last chapters of the big Christian story. Spoiler alert on a movie that is 49 years old. Uh, cover your ears if you don't want to hear what happens in Love Story. She dies. She dies at the end of this movie. Uh, that is a way more emotionally involved story than the one I saw where I missed the first 20 minutes. And maybe I would care more if I saw those first 20 minutes or the last 20 minutes of this movie. Uh, we only really understand the Christian story if we know the whole story, not just fall and redemption, but we need to know the first and the last chapters too. And so the first chapter of the Christian story is creation. We all know the first five words of the Bible. In the beginning, God created. The beginning of our story is God. In the beginning, God. God is always the beginning of our story. It's never us or our problems or our world, our struggle. It is always God and has always been God. And it is that God created. He created a world that was good and glorious, a world made for human flourishing, where everything was as God intended it. And God gave us a role to play in that world, gave us the task to care for God's creation, to enjoy a relationship with God and with each other. And into that good and perfect world came sin and fallenness and brokenness. And into that broken world came Jesus. And he redeems us in our world, but that's not the end of the story. The end of the story isn't just that we are saved. The last chapter is restoration. The restoration of that good and perfect world that God created in the beginning. The restoration of peace and flourishing. Jesus has promised to return and renew the whole world, and we once again have a role to play in the restoration of this glorious future. At the end of the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, in the second to last chapter, it says this about restoration and what the world will be like when Jesus returns. This is what we expect and celebrate during Advent as well, the return of Jesus at the second coming. We wait for and anticipate Jesus' return. Hear how it's described in Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. 
And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Restoration is the true end of the story. And the second way we celebrate Advent, anticipating the return of Jesus in glory, working with God for the restoration of that world in which death is no more, mourning and crying and pain are no more, and God dwells with us. Remember what Anna said when she saw Jesus at the temple? She saw the redemption of Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem, the holy city, restored and redeemed. Simeon saw Jesus and called him a light of revelation to the Gentiles. Revelation 21 goes on to say this about the new restored holy city upon Jesus' return. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. These Advent candles, they signify Christ coming into our broken and fallen world to redeem, a light in the darkness. And it also anticipates Jesus' return to restore all things, a light that illuminates brighter than the sun or the moon. Pastor Tim Keller has written this. Some conservative Christians think of the story of salvation as the fall, redemption, heaven. In this narrative, the purpose of redemption is to escape from this world. If, however, the story of salvation is creation, fall, redemption, and restoration, then things look different. The purpose of redemption is not to escape the world, but to renew it. The gospel, then, is not just about individual happiness and fulfillment. It is not just a wonderful plan for my life, but a wonderful plan for the world It is about the coming of God's kingdom to renew all things. That's the whole story of Advent and the whole story of the Bible and the whole story of our faith. This is a big and glorious story. Creation is the thing, the way things were. The fall is the way things are. Redemption is the way things could be. And restoration is the way things will be. We celebrate this big story when we celebrate Advent. We celebrate that Jesus comes to redeem at Christmas, and we celebrate that Jesus will come in glory again one day to restore at the second coming. And finally, we celebrate that Jesus comes to each of us every day. The restoration of God's kingdom involves us every day. This gospel story of grace is a big story, but it's also a very personal story about our collective role in the coming of the kingdom. What really strikes me about our passage today is this little phrase in verse 27. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, for years and years, Simeon waited to see the Messiah. And finally, one day in the year 3758 on the Jewish calendar, Simeon's not actually at the temple. Maybe he's out running errands or having lunch. But he feels this nudge to go to the temple. He's guided by the Spirit to go to the temple. 
Maybe Simeon's out and he feels, you should go to the temple. And Simeon thinks, is that you, God? Is it just me? Should I go to the temple? Should I not? But Simeon is guided by the Holy Spirit, and he goes where the Spirit leads him. Other translations say moved by the Spirit, prompted by the Spirit. Simeon was guided by the Spirit, went where the Spirit led him, and then he got to see Jesus. I've been thinking a lot about this. What does it mean for me to be guided by the Spirit in every moment of every day? Advent is our season of expectant waiting, not just for Christmas, and not just for the second coming, but also the expectant waiting for Jesus to show up every day. A season to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, to ask, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to do about it? And somehow my obedience, our obedience to that guidance of the Holy Spirit, the following of his promptings, that's how we play a role in the restoration of God's kingdom in the world. Each and every one of us, guided by the Spirit, in our school, in our work, in our home, in our neighborhood. That's why we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. A few weeks back, I was leaving a meeting at a coffee shop, uh, and as I drove out of the parking lot, there was this woman uh, sitting on the grass, uh, on the little grassy area next to the parking lot. And her back's to me, and she's got a bunch of bags around her. Uh, And as I drove past her, I felt like I should stop and ask her if she's okay. I'm trying to answer this question, you know, how do I listen to the Holy Spirit? Uh, I felt moved by the Holy Spirit to uh, stop. Maybe. I was also like, should I stop? Should I not stop? I actually thought, what would Steve Page do? (laughs) And so I put my car in reverse, and I backed up. And as I'm going backwards, I see her again, I say, actually, I think she's fine. I think she's actually just waiting for the bus. So I put the car in drive, and I drive forward. As I'm driving forward, again, I think, what is God saying to me? What does he want me to do? Does he want me to stop? I think I should stop. God, is that you? Is that me? What harm could it be? So I put the car in reverse. So I go back. And I roll down to my window, and I say, excuse me, um, are you okay? And she turns around, and she smiles, and she says, yeah, I'm fine. And I say, are you sure? And she says, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, So I drove off. That's it. That's the whole story. Uh, there's no surprise ending. There's no miracle. There's no like, big thing that happens. But that's, just, that's me trying to figure out what does it mean to be guided by the Holy Spirit in every moment of every day, just like Simeon. Me trying to live a life guided by the Holy Spirit so that I might see Jesus every day. Over the course of these next 25 days of Advent, take some time every day to make space, make room, to listen to the Holy Spirit. Maybe do something else too. Maybe read one chapter of the Gospel of Luke until Christmas. It's 24 days and it's 24 chapters of Luke. It's perfect, actually. Maybe start an Advent devotional. Personally, I use an app on my phone called Pray As You Go. It's a short 10 to 15 minute time of reflection and music and Bible reading, reflective questions. Do any of those things, but most importantly, just listen for the Holy Spirit, and expect Jesus to show up. A week after I was in that parking lot, I had a business meeting with someone who doesn't come to our church. Uh, and I was getting some documents signed. And while she was signing, she apologized and said, I'm sorry I'm taking so long. Uh, I have arthritis in my hands, and it's very painful, and it's hard for me to sign. And right then, I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit 
that I should pray for her, that I should offer to pray for her. And as I've shared before, in these situations, I always think, oh, God, do I have to? Uh, what if she thinks I'm weird? What if nothing happens? Um, and so I ask, can I pray for you, for the pain in your hand? Uh, and she says, yes, and holds out her hand to me. Uh, and I pray my best, shortest prayer. Uh, I say, Lord Jesus, we pray that you might relieve the pain uh, in her hand and that she might feel your overwhelming love and blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, and I know Pastor Dan has taught us always to pray in these situations with our eyes open, uh, but it's just it's too weird for me. I never remember to do it. I always pray with my eyes closed. And so when I open my eyes, she's just crying and crying and smiling. And she looks at me directly in the eyes and says, thank you so much. This Advent season, can we be guided by the Holy Spirit, expectantly waiting for Jesus to show up every day? Can we say, come, Lord Jesus, come, Emmanuel, God with us. May we participate in the restoration of the world and the coming of your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We all know the first words in the Bible, in the beginning, God created. Do you know what the last words in the Bible are? The book of Revelation, the last chapter, the last two verses, Jesus says, Surely I am coming soon. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all the saints. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Will you please pray with me now? Let's take a few moments now in silence and let's pray our best and maybe our shortest prayer to Jesus, but let's spend some time in speaking with the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Emmanuel. Come, God, with us. And all God's children say, Amen. May we expect Jesus at Christmas, at the second coming, and in our everyday lives this Advent season. We invite you to come forward if you'd like prayer in front of the Christmas trees or in front of the choir risers, members of our prayer team. We'd be delighted to pray with you. But now, receive this blessing. May the love of God our Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Yes, we celebrate Jesus' birth at Christmas time, but we enjoy him and the expectations he brings every day of the year. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us at one of our worship services on campus at 45550 Ki'onaole Road, Kaneohe, Hawaii, 96744. We meet Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.11. Follow First Prez on Twitter and Facebook. Download the First Prez app. Watch First Prez sermon videos on our website and on Facebook. And if you need more, you can call us at 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you and thank you for listening.
This sermon podcast is copyright 2019 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Koalao.